Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, something unusual, a cryptid, ghost, UFO, and you'd like to share your story, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Alistair Wood for sending a bunch of comics and badges, pins, keychains, and stickers. Really, really cool stuff. He's a really excellent artist. His comics work is amazing. Absolutely love it. He sent some horror comics and a book of his artwork and so forth, uh, one of his prints. Really, really cool stuff. And he sent a bunch of badges, pins, and keychains and stickers. They're kind of riffs on David Bowie and classic monsters and things like that. And Allison and Ursula just absolutely fell in love with them. You can find Alistair's artwork and these badges and so forth at his website. It's www.woodi.uk. That's W-O-O-D, the letter I, dot U-K. I also want to thank Michael C. for the PayPal donation. Thank you very much. And I want to mention once again the Strange Familiar Zipper Hoodies. This is probably your last chance if you want to get one. If you can pay by PayPal, there's still time. We'll be placing the order over the weekend, and we're only ordering those sweatshirts that people have paid for up front. So there's still time if you want to get one. You're going to have to pay by PayPal, though, because there's no time to send a check or money order. But if you want one, contact me via email. Again, that's strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. And just a reminder, I will be at the Metaphysical and Paranormal Expo in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, this Saturday, June 8th, from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. I will have copies of my books there. I'll be signing and selling those, prints of my artwork, Strange familiar stuff and more. So stop by and see me if you're in the area and tell me a spooky story if you want. That's at the Wyndham Hotel in Gettysburg. This past Sunday I went on site to the White Rocks Trail near Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania with Chad. Chad and I retraced the hike he did with a friend in 2014, which turned out to be a very strange and unsettling day on the trail for him and his friend. This is a different White Rocks than the White Rocks area of Michaux Forest. 
which was featured in the Michaud Roar episode of Strange Familiars. However, the two stories and the recordings I made at both locations share some interesting commonalities, as you'll hear later in the episode. And you'll also hear Chad explain the White Rocks Trail, which is not really a part of Michaud, is part of the same mountain range, and both regions are connected by the Appalachian Trail. At some point in the episode, you'll hear me mention the Tuckahoe Monster. I had never been to Camp Tuckahoe, but it is, as Chad relates, less than a mile from the White Rocks Trail, where we were. The Tuckahoe Monster is a bit of local folklore I collected a few years ago. There's not much to the story, as I heard it, only that campers have reported seeing an eight-foot-tall, hair-covered monster in that area in years past. So this episode is comprised almost entirely of on-site recordings. As with every on-site recording, the sound levels are a bit inconsistent. That's just the nature of on-site recordings, but I've done my best to even out the levels throughout. At point you'll hear us breathing heavy, and that's because we were climbing a mountain, so I was a little winded in places. But it was a great hike, a beautiful day, and I want to thank Chad for taking me out there and telling his story. So, what's this trail again? This is White Rocks Trail, located here in Cumberland County. It's off of Coon Road, which is off of Creek Road, which is off of Route 74. And we're slightly south of the Yellow Breaches Creek. So, the nearest town is Boiling Springs, PA, which is famous for its springs, and it's also an Appalachian community. A friend who... uh built violins went to there's a violin building school there is there yeah i did not know that i did not know that it's something i did not know he came from georgia stayed in bowling springs learned how to build fiddles that's pretty cool i like that the at also runs right through boiling springs so we're talking with chad who had a very weird day out here he said it was 2014 2014 and it was very similar weather-wise it was overcast and he came out to hike this trail with a friend we'll talk about the rest of what happened as we go because we're actually doing the same hike today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the White Rocks Trail is a side trail off of the AT. And there are a lot of side trails off the AT. Um, if you think of the Appalachian Trail as a spine, there's all these little trails that come off of it. And usually they go to interesting places or overlooks. This one, I'd say the biggest draw for this is the white rock formations which are at the top of the ridge there's all these large white quartzite formations which obviously give the trail its name and they're all on the top of the ridge like spines if you think of a stegosaurus that's pretty much what these things look like like i said i picked this one for my friend because i know it well do this trail a lot and I figured it would be a nice place to get his feet wet and actually be more of a hike versus a, a stroll. A stroll in the woods, yeah. Yeah, stroll in the woods. So, we made our way up the mountain, which is what we're doing right now. And this trail goes somewhat straight and then starts switchbacking up. Like Tim had said, the weather was similar to today. We had had storms two or three days before then. 
and it was overcast and it was a Friday and it was in April so there was some vegetation but the trees haven't had leaves yet mostly just uh, undergrowth just to let you know I've heard that there are rattlesnakes up here but I haven't run into them alright well that's what walking sticks are for yes well I'm just letting you know you know I can and uh you know what the old timers used to do to the rattlesnakes? You know how they used to get rid of them? Tell me, I'm listening. So what they used to do was, I don't know if a lot of people know, but the only rattlesnake endemic to uh, Pennsylvania is the timber rattler. A little small screen here. And during the winter, they uh, den up in the large den. So when you think of the classic snake pit, <laughs> That's what rattlers do. So what the old timers would do this way, is they would uh, find their dens during the winter because timber rattlers don't travel very far. They like to stay near their burrows and their sources of food. They'd find their dens during the winter and then they would dynamite them. Oh, jeez. And that's how they would get rid of the snakes. <laughs> That'll do it. That will do it. So... Henceforth, why timber rattlers are considered endangered here. Though in some places they're as, as uh, common as bees or something. So you're going to have one side of the mountain there be nothing but timber rattlers, and on the other side, none at all. They don't travel very far. So this terrain has already changed within last year. So this didn't exist. All that. All that. Yeah. So we're looking at a basically a pool in the middle of the trail. Yeah. A little. There is no water sources up here except for maybe these little springs that pop out. So the creek runs through the valley basically. Yes. And we're yes. going we're going away from the creek. We're going away from the creek. Right. Um, there are some, according to the maps I look looked at, there is some wetland down that way towards the base of the mountain. I've never gone down there. Most of the animal movement I've seen is usually they'll move up to the side and they'll head that way down towards where it's thicker and where the uh, where the swamps and all that are down there. Uh -huh. Just to give you an idea. Though in the winter I was up here, last time I was up here it was March. Nice. This area was full of deer, deer tracks. So I was here, up here in the snow. And the terrain is, you know, rocky. Typical Pennsylvania trails. AT hikers call the call Pennsylvania Rock Sylvania. <laughs> Shoe killer. Yes, the shoe killer. Yeah. Where hiking boots go to die. <laughs> so. so at this point, me and my friend were just cruising along. It was about 7, 8 in the morning. We were the only car parked at that parking spot at the trailhead. There was nobody else here. You're still kind of working along here, slowly up the mountain. The slope here isn't bad. It slopes up gradually, and then the uh, once you reach the shoulders of the ridge, it kind of gets a little steep. Nothing if you don't take your time, you can't handle. I imagine I'll be a lot more winded when we get to the switchbacks. <laughs> It's only about me, three or four switchbacks. Oh, that ain't bad. This isn't a terrible hike. 
once you get up to the top, you run basically the trail. Once you get to the top, runs along the ridge ridge line where the white rock formations are, and it uh, joins with the AT at a uh, hill called Center Point Knob, and that used to be the old halfway point for the AT. Uh, the AT has been rerouted a number of times. So uh, there's still the monument up here, but this is no longer the halfway point. The halfway point now is in Pine Grove Furnace State Park. Which is part of Michelle. Yep, part of Michelle. Just to say this, these are the same mountain range. This mountain is the same mountain range as Michelle. This is the northern end of the South Mountain Range. So we are actually literally on the end of that mountain range, the tip. So now here, we're starting to ascend the mountain. And it was about here, me and my friends started to smell smoke. A guy had come down, one person passed us. And I assumed he lived in the houses locally and he was uh, just hiking the trail. Didn't have any uh, water or anything with him, so I'm assuming he was local. And we started smelling smoke. And I could see a small pail as if ground fog, but it was most definitely smoke. So and I'm like, what is that? And, it, and it, I was shocked that the guy that came down through here didn't even notice it or didn't or, care. Or mention it. Or, or mention it. And uh, we were trying to figure out what was going on. So we decided just to keep going because right away I'm thinking of the safety of the houses that are on the other end of the mountain here. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, last thing we need is a wildfire. So, I'm going to take point here, okay? Yes, is that all right? Yeah. Or do you still need, no. need me closer for audio? No, you're good. Okay, and now we're starting to go up the switchbacks here a little bit. Yeah, this is it. This stump right here. Yep, this stump right here. All right, one second. You can still see the scorch. So it had been hit by lightning or something? Yes. Uh, so we just got up here to the stump. We're on the side of the mountain. And me and my friend found the source of the smoke. So what it was, there was a, a tree that must have been struck by lightning. There was a good stiff wind coming from the mountain down into the valley. What had happened is, as it got struck by lightning, the tree was smoldering, the bark was smoldering on the tree, and it had traveled up the tree and up into the wind. So at the top of the tree, it was burning, and there was uh, pieces of, of burning bark falling into the undergrowth. So we were kind of like trying to figure out what we were going to do like should we keep going should we call the fire department and i kind of made the executive decision that we were going to call the uh, fire department so we tried to call and of course there's no signal here that's how it always is i went down a little bit just kind of down the trail about 200 yards i got some signal got the fire department told them what was going on they asked me if i could stay up the tree and they said that when they got here, they would uh, send somebody up. And I said, if I heard the sirens, I'd come back down the tra trailhead and meet the people and bring them up. You know, because there's no way you can get a fire truck up here. You know, it's a narrow trail on the mountainside. 
So we waited a while and we just kind of kept moving stuff and kept it from burning. And uh, I heard the sirens down in the valley. So I asked my friend, I said, look, are you okay staying here? Now you gotta remember, this is a gentleman who, you know, he knows what some of the local animals look like and he knows, you know, some things, you know, he's not a woodsman like I am. You know, we decided that I was gonna go down the trail cause I was better, I was quicker and faster at hiking. And I basically left my pack here with him and I started going down the trail to meet the firemen and bring them up to where this where this was because if you don't know where this is you won't find it so anyways he was probably sitting on this rock or waiting right here and I went down so the trail goes down here and it kind of turns and on that part Tim you know where it was flat mm -hmm. I hadn't quite reached reached you know before we make the turn to come up the switchback before I made the turn or while I was on the flat area down there before I even got to the trailhead I heard this somebody running who the heck's that? Turn around, here was my friend. And I said, you know, what are you doing? He, he said- He was running down there. He was running down the trail. I mean, okay, he was so not- That's not an easy trail to run No, down, no, no. It? This guy was running as fast as he could possibly go. And like I said, I was on the flat area right below the, the switchback. And I said, he was terrified. Absolutely terrified out of his mind. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's, he's, like, he's like, man, he goes, I saw some. I saw some. I said, whoa, 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 back up. I said, look, what's wrong? You know, because me, I'm not scared of the woods. I spend a lot of time in the woods. I camp out in all weather, all seasons. And I'm an experienced hiker and woodsman. He's like, I saw something go up the mountain. And I said, well, what did you see? And, he, and he's like, well, I yelled for you and you didn't come. And I said, well, I didn't hear you. You know, I couldn't hear him. So, and even though I was right down there, I couldn't hear him. I don't know why. I don't know if it, it, the wind was blowing that day. Now, when it was blowing, it wasn't blowing enough to, like, really move the trees. It was just kind of a nice, stiff breeze, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a heavy wind. I said, well, I didn't hear you, and I think it's because of where I was positioned. Well, he said he was standing right here, looking through this area. Now, you got to remember, at that time, there was no... The only undergrowth was the blueberry scrub. There was none of these leaves because mm -hmm. it was early spring. The trees were only in buds. He said he had seen an animal or something come up the mountain and just walk right by him. And I said, was it running? Was it, you know? He said, no. He said it, it just kind of walked leisurely up the mountain. And I said, well, what did it do when you run, or you yelled? And he's like, he goes, when I yelled, it, it didn't even pay attention to me. It had no fear at all. No, no fear. Just, you know, just kept doing what it was doing. And I said, well, what was it doing? He's like, it just walked up the mountain. And I said, well, when you yelled, did it run? Or did, you know, because deer, if you yell, will run, sure. will, will run away from you. So I said to him, describe it. You know, what, what did it look like? Did you see it? I said, was it, you sure it wasn't a deer? And he goes, no, I know what a deer looks like. I know what a deer does. They run when they see you, you know, they bound. He goes, this thing didn't bound. It just was ambling up the mountain. I said, well, what are you, was it four legs or two legs? Jokingly. He said, well, it was on four legs. I'm like, okay. I said, well, about how tall was it? He said, about the shoulder height of a deer. So I'm guessing, I don't know, four feet to five feet. I said, did you see a head? He goes, no, I just saw a set of shoulders and a back end. And I said, well, how fast was it going? He said, it just 
slowly walked up the mountain. Then I said, well, what color was it? I said, you know, was it reddish brown? You know, because I'm thinking of deer. and I'm still thinking of deer. And he's like, no, it wasn't reddish brown. I said, well, was it black? Because my next thought was black bear. Mm-hmm. And there are black bear that do come into this area. You know, they up the road, they had a 700-pound black bear hit by a car. And that's that's a big bear. That's a big bear. Yeah. That's a very big bear. Yeah, for this for this area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm thinking black bear. I'm like, well, was it black? He said, no, it wasn't black. So my next thing I'm thinking, okay, there are three phases of black bear. I said... Uh, Get your, like the cinnamon, the... And, right, the, the, uh, and a, a golden bear, like mm-hmm. a honey bear. Mm-hmm. He said it wasn't light brown. He said it was like almost like a um, a yellowish brown, like a golden color. So I'm thinking golden bear. You know, that's and that's very, 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 very rare. That is the rarest color phase of the black bear. And I said, well, when you yelled, did it run? Did it do anything? He said, no, it just, it didn't even stop. He said it just kind of ambled up the mountain, had no care in the world, didn't care if I was there, didn't give a squat, which makes no sense to me because if a black bear hears you they run mm-hmm. they bolt they bolt so what really confused me was i was down below and we had just come up to this area and you know you could at the time see pretty far in and by his estimation i asked him you know how far was this thing from him so standing where i am here if you want to look straight through here mm-hmm. you see the tree straight in front of me yes that's where the where it was. Oh, that close. That close. Okay, so thirty yeah. yards, four, less than a hundred yards away. That's how close. I mean, it was. I, yeah, I'd put that. I'd put that less than a hundred. Yeah. If we're talking about the same tree, maybe fifty. Yeah. Fifty. Yeah. I mean, I'll walk out there if you want me to. But, and and like I said, there were no. You can see the undergrowth isn't real thick there. You want me to walk out there? Uh, we'll finish your story. Okay, that's how close he was. It was, and and he was terrified. He goes, "I've never seen anything like that." And, you know, and this guy, guy hunted. I was just like, I don't know what to tell you, man. He's like, "Well, I'm not going back up there." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't, you know, what about the tree?" He's like, "No, no." He's like, "I'm not going back up there. I'm walking back down with you." Wow. He goes, "I just." He said he had a. He saw this thing, on moving, and he didn't see like a neck. Which, I don't know how you couldn't have seen a neck. Mm-hmm. He said he just saw what looked like something on all fours just slowly ambling its way through. I said, well, was it making a ton of noise? He said, no. It was quiet. It was moving quietly. He said he heard, you know, a couple little crunches, but nothing super loud. So whatever it was, was very stealthy. And what I didn't get is we had just come up this way. And you know how the trail runs. It kind of comes up and then switches over here. I didn't see it or hear anything. Yeah, it almost... Either you scared it up without seeing it. Which is possibility. Or it crossed right behind you. Or it was sitting there waiting. It saw us coming up and started moving up. And then when we, because the switch backs up. Right. It, it was sitting in there watching us the whole time. Yeah, one way or another, it had to be, if not there, very nearby when, when you walked down. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and I didn't even hear this thing moving up the mountain and you know i'm very attuned to what's going on around me i'm constantly looking for deer and animals it's it's what i do it's why one reason so you say this fellow hunted and stuff yeah and whatever this was freaked him out enough where he, he said he, he said he was scared he said he just felt a total feeling of absolute fear wow 
Yeah. It, it overtook him enough that he literally ran down. And this, this and guy. See, and bear don't do that. No. They run from you. Yeah, but, I mean, they don't generally. Like, people are like, wow, I saw a bear. But unless it's an aggressive encounter, people do not usually have that kind of fear response with a bear. You know? No. No. Usually you're like, oh, my God. You know, usually, you know. A lot of people are like, oh, I got so lucky. I saw a bear. Yeah. Because an aggressive encounter with a bear is a very rare thing. If a black bear is coming towards you and then you start, what you generally do with a black bear, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, you don't play dead. That's That's, that's grizzlies. That's grizzlies. So you must know what I'm going to say here. But most black bears, you make yourself look as big as possible and you yell because they don't have good eyesight. They Mm. can't see. They have great sense of smell and good hearing. So if you yell nine times out of the ten, they'll hear you, and they, they take off. Now, if a black bear is coming towards you, you better be ready to fight for your life because they're going to predate on you. Yeah, that bear is looking to eat you or eat something that you have. You're not going to outrun it. You're not going to climb a tree. No. Yeah, you, you, you get ready. Yeah, you get ready. It's a stand and fight situation so, with a black bear. Like I said, this guy hunted, but he never hiked a lot. And I was just trying, you know, he's like, I something I really want to do. I want to get in better shape because he wanted to go further hunting because he was tired of just hunting like right off from right. the truck. Yeah. So, but anyways, he came down, he was terrified. He wouldn't go back up. And I said, okay, just stay with me now. So we walked down and we ran into the firefighter that was coming up. We brought him back up here to the tree and I saw or heard nothing. I only had what he told me. And like I said, it, it was in color. You know, I said, he said it was furry. He, I said, what did the fur look like? And he said, it wasn't sleek like a deer. It was shaggy. You know, shaggy. Hmm. You know, thick fur. That's right. the best way to describe it. Like a bear. Like a bear. So, you know, right away I'm thinking bear. But he said, no, nah, Chad. He said, you know, this this wasn't a bear. He said, it couldn't have been. And, you know, he's hunted upstate. He's seen black bear. And it, seems, it sounds like he was kind of hesitant to say exactly yeah. one way he or another. He didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was freaked him out enough that he ran. And, you know, I asked him about smells. Or anything like that, you know, because some animal, you know, I've I've actually smelled deer that stink mm-hmm. from being in swamps. And yeah, and well, coyotes will stink sometimes. Yeah, uh, and you know, whatever it was, he didn't know what it was, and he said it was going straight up the mountain without a care in the world, and it was just walking up the mountain, didn't care. Amble, he said it was ambling up the mountain. That's his exact words. <laughs> so, anyways, he brought the fire fire back up here, and then I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep going? Because he was visibly shook up. And, you know, me, I wanted to find out what it was. I was curious. And uh, he's like, yeah, I guess we'll keep going, you know. So we continued along the trail. So the, And the, the firefighter stayed here, obviously, to deal with the tree. Yes. He stayed here. He told me they were having it. He, he was in contact with the truck on his radio and said they were bringing a UTV up to uh, cut the tree down. And uh, I don't know if you took any pictures or not, but the tree, how I can always identify this tree is because it was cut down. And as you can see, there aren't a lot of cut down trees other than the ones that have fallen across yeah, the trail. Yeah, there's some that are rotten and fallen. Yeah, and some that... there's no cut stumps like this. And, the, and that and the scorch. Yeah, you can tell because there's a burn there. And, the, and this has been, and you can see... And this was this was what was smoking when you came up, basically. this was... The top of the tree was smoking. And this is what was smoking. And this whole area was full of smoke. Out there, there was no smoke. Mm-hmm. And I even walked out there, and I said, I said, how close was this thing? And I walked through the woods, and he said, right there. And he stopped me, like, right in front of that tree. I looked for tracks. I saw none. Yeah, it'd be hard to see any But in this area? Yeah, it's, it's detritus, basically dead leaves. 
yeah, everywhere. Dead leaves, undergrowth, and rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to leave much of yeah, anything. Yeah, no, you'd, something, you'd have to get lucky enough for something to step right in the mud. Right, and there was no mud that day. Yeah. And like I said, you you know, you could still see some of the pieces of bark that had fallen off. This is what was falling off, and it was smoldering. And my concern was the undergrowth. Yeah, sure. Catching fire. If you can see, this is like aching to be burnt. Mm-hmm. You know, Pennsylvania at that time has burn bans for good reason. Mm-hmm. So... Right here is like a little, another trail that comes straight down, uh-huh. but they don't want you to get on that anymore. Oh, okay. They're reforesting that. Basically, you'll have this slick back and then one more and then it's straight up to the ridge. Okay. Like a short climb up to the ridge. Not too bad. Yeah. And here you can see how, see how the land goes like this? That was that bubble I was telling you about. See that? Yeah. So you could sit in there conceivably, and nobody would see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little trough in there. Like a little lake. Whatever it was, did not use the trail. It, no. It, it, it made its own way up. Uh, which shocked me, because that goes against everything. It's all about cal- caloric intake and caloric saving calories. So now we'll use the same trails we do because it's easier. Unless it's like a game trail. You know. This is a game trail. Yeah, sure. So they travel established trails because they want to save calories. It's all about intake. And a large animal has to be eating either large meals or just constantly intaking as it's going, you know. And bears, it's the reason why they're omnivores. They're the largest animal in Pennsylvania. Supposed to be anyway. It's supposed to be, yes. <laughs> uh, they have to take in, don't be an omnivore, but let them take advantage of any food source. You see how this tree is? Torn up, yeah. That's how that tree was. So imagine all this bark laying down, smoldering. Uh-huh. That's what that was like four years ago. Or five years ago, I should say. So that just gives you an idea. It was a dead standing tree that had been struck by lightning and caught fire. And it was just like this. Except it was a little more intact. You saw that one laying on the ground was right. more solid, but the bark had splintered off and was just smoldering all around. As we made our way up here, we could hear those guys, firemen down there. And you know, we were just slowly, this is the second switchback, and we were making our way along here. And at this time, I'm asking him, hey, you know, asking him questions. Because me, I'm curious. <laughs> right, yeah. I like to know what I see out here, and I. I like to have answers. So I'm one of those guys that if I see something weird or something happens, I'm not happy till I have an explanation. <laughs> if that makes sense. This is that trail I showed you. The old one, okay. Where so just to give you an idea of our position, slightly to the left is where that tree the burn tree is. From from here, from yeah. Here. Down down that trail. So where yeah. that thing came from. I think that was 
in between here. I have to look at it again when we get back down there, but just to mm -hmm. give you an idea. So it came up this way, if that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. So it was over here, just to give you an idea. So you see it opens up there. Yeah. Now we could, I mean, wouldn't be a fun hike, but we could go up that way if we wanted to. It's, it's not so thick where we couldn't do it. No, you no, know, it's, yeah. it's plausible to do it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah. So I'll just kind of give you an idea of where we're at. Here. Right. Right. Okay. Because that becomes important later on. So up here is the ridge, roll up there. And you always tell the ridge because it gets more rocky. <laughs> so be careful here, I don't want you to slip. Yeah. We so this, this is what this whole ridge is made of. White, white rocks. White quartzite. There are some other igneous rocks. As you get towards the end, there's more iron deposits. There's some here, but not a lot. Here's one. Yep. And that's why I asked you the question I asked you. Yes. Well, it holds true, at least in New York County, where there's quartz. There's uh, weird stuff going on, but... Uh, so this is, this is the ridge. This is White Rock Street. That down there is a shelf valley, so that valley is higher than the valley down there. Okay. And you can't see it here, but if you there's another mountain across there. And I've dropped down in that region, I've explored that region. And Camp Tuckahoe is on the other side of the other mountain. Which, as I was mentioning on a right up here, there is, in local folklore, something called the Tuckahoe Monster. Which you'll have to explain that to me later. It's just a big hairy monster. Well, guess what? We're near there. Yeah. <laughs> About how far is that from... Uh, less than a mile. Less than a mile from, like, as the crow flies. As the crow flies. Yeah. Because you drop down the valley, you get on the top of that mountain, you're literally above Camp Tuckahoe. Oh, there you go. And there's sign, and I knew I was on Camp Tuckahoe because there's actually signs that tell you that. And just for your own information, I've never been there, but the highest point in York County is on that mountain. Oh, is it? Yes. That's, so. that's cool. I thought it, I would have guessed it was at the, uh, you know, guessed, the ski resort. Yeah. I would have guessed no, no. It's actually higher in sea level. Yeah, yeah. That is the highest spot on there. There's there's people that have actually gone and found it, and it's marked somehow. I want to go do that, because I'd like to find that. I actually thought it was the Pigeon Hills. And uh, here's something you might find interesting. I'm going to change the subject a little bit here. That's fine. The Pigeon Hills geologically is the same as the Hellum Hills. They are different geologically than all the other land around them. So for some reason, they're the same as the Hellum Hills. That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. So I thought you might find that interesting. Yeah, well, Pigeon Hills, I, I know, has a good bit of UFO sightings up there. Uh, and just so you know, that the, well, the Pigeon Hills is not named for passenger pigeons like some people think. If you go back in history of York County, there was a guy who was the last name of Pigeon. He was the guy that he surveyed that area. And that's why they're named the Pigeon Hills. 
So at this point, we were at the ridge top, back to the original story. And this is when we heard the saws from the firefighters down below us. So there were people, and like I said, based on that other straight up trail, this would be almost right in line with where where whatever it was where it was, was came up or you know in line with the stomp so whatever it was came up was probably between here between between here and there almost if that makes any sense yeah and we heard we heard all the saws and we heard guys talking and we heard the tree drop and what they basically did is they cut the tree down soaked it down and then we heard the UTV go back down uh i would say in time it was probably close to 10, maybe 10-ish, somewhere around there. In the morning. In the morning. Like I said, we got here, I would say, around 7-ish. And Because uh, I was trying, you know, to beat the storms that were coming in in the afternoon. So by the time you were done with the, the firemen and stuff? It was three hours. It was three hours. And like I said, up to this point, the only person we had seen was the guy that we saw descend the trail behind, past us when we were heading towards the burnt-up tree where the fire was. Up here on the on the ridge, there was no smoke, because like I said, it, it had passed down, it was passing down the trail. The wind was actually following kind of the trail, so wherever, whatever that my friends saw, there was no smoke in that area. It was all kind of down below us, mm -hmm. from where the tree was, because like I said, the wind was blowing, it was a gentle stiff breeze it was gentle enough that you know there wasn't like you know but it was enough that it kept that fire going i'm assuming if it would have been more blustery we we would have really had a problem with the fire with the fire yeah so we kind of stopped and paused had something to drink maybe it's getting a little food and we listened to the firefighters do their own thing and then we heard the utv go down the go down the rit down the trail and uh, like I said, we didn't hear anything else. We hadn't, hadn't run into a soul. It was just like this. Quiet. And the whole day just started. And I just, you know, you ever have one of those days where you wake up and just, it's like an odd day? <laughs> yep. And that's how this day started. And I'm like, okay, we're done with that fire thing. Let's just keep going. And, you know, and the whole time, as I'm walking and talking to my friend. I'm looking around, trying to find out what we saw. You know, I'm looking for this, whatever whatever it was. And at this time, I'm looking for a bear. I, I'm still looking for a bear. Sure, yeah. That's what I was assuming. Well, that, that makes the most sense, given, given the information you had. Yes. And you can tell us, you know, it's not a huge... Trail. And as I described to you, it's a ridge, but it's not like yeah, it's a not. Precipice. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna fall to our death. Right? No, no. There's there's a couple. Like I said, there's a couple where I get a little weak in the knees because worried about balance issues as I'm doing them. But uh, this is fine. Now here you can see the deer use this area right here the most. That's probably the lowest area in the ridge. You can tell by just looking at the the tracks. Mm -hmm. So, and I've heard turkey down in through here, and most of the animals I hear and see, you know, if we run into deer, they run into this direction. Yeah. 
So, and then like I said, the whole time we're moving along this, I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to figure out what we saw. And you didn't have the tree branches. You only had the, a little bit of the undergrowth. And you can see it's not like thick undergrowth. No, no, it's, this is, you know, what? Northeast mountain kind yeah. of terrain. It's blue, blue, blueberry scrub is what it basically is. Yeah. With sassafras trees. We're working our way through here. And uh, still not hearing anything. Or seeing anything. And I'm starting to say to my friend, you sure you didn't see deer? Are you sure, you know, <laughs> you sure it wasn't, you know, something, you know, and, and he swore to God, or he swore to God, he said, Chad, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And he said, and I've never seen anything move like that in my life. And, and I said, I, I said, yeah, you were scared, silly. You know, and he, this isn't like a guy that's scared real easily. You know what I mean? Right. And he's been, he was a Marine, you know, and he, he wasn't, you know, you know, he's done stuff, you know, and it's not like he's, you know, scared of stuff. I'll know when we hit the halfway point because the, uh, the high point of the trail, the trail splits. And you can either go up to the top of the summit, because there's a high point, or you can go around it. I think for today, we'll just go around it, right. maybe hit, because it's not important okay. to this, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Walking well, stick is essential. Like, I don't tell people, you hiker, you don't take a walk stick with you. You're asking for problems. Yeah. Because honestly, this is your first line of defense. Absolutely. I know that from my experience. And, uh, and you get through you some reach. Yeah. This is why I do this trail. Yeah, that's awesome. Ain't it? That's so a, we're looking at a just a huge boulder formation. I'm guess I guess left here by a receding glacier, I'm guessing. I'm thinking what happened is the mountain's main of this and it's like a dirty snowball and it eroded away. It could be that too. Yeah. And every time I come up here the formations change and crack. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And you can tell this one on the on the right side here has cracked just recently because there's no uh, moss or lichen or anything on it. Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Up here, I think, is the high spot, and we're about roughly halfway through the ridge. At this time, then, me and my buddy are just you know the adventure's over. <laughs> And you know, I left him go because he was starting to get annoyed. What you mean, asking questions? Yes, I stopped asking him questions, and we we're just you know talking, enjoying the hike. And the whole time, you know, there was never a feeling of dread. You know, when I said it was an odd day, uh -huh. it was never a feeling of dread. It was just a feeling of oddness, if that makes any sense. Strangeness, oddness. I don't know if you ever had a, had a day like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and. You know, he was calmed down by it at this point. You know, he was, he was, like I said, visibly shaken. And he was calmed down at this point. And he's just like, wow, this is cool. Because, you know, he, he was enjoying the rock formations. 
you know. Now this is the highest point right here. And you can see the trail splits. And you go up to the top and it's flat up there. Or you can walk along the shelf here. A lot of local rock climbers come up here. I've gone up that and seen uh, rappelling ropes. And they, you know, they were belaying. They were belaying down on the other side. Oh, wow. Which is a little taller and a little more rougher. rougher. I always like this area. This is about the center of the ridge. And still, you know, nobody. Nobody. Because, you know, it's a Friday morning. Yeah. Most people were at work. It was April. Most of the AT or through hikers weren't out yet. It was calling for rain. And it just... We had the place to ourselves. We did eventually run into two other hikers at near the end of the ridge. And they were coming the other direction. So they were headed... They had parked at Boiling Springs, which is northwest of here. And they had come in from the AT. They were headed south from the AT. And they were coming in from the AT, which is the other end of this trail. And they were going to do the loop. They were going to walk back to the down the road back to Boiling Springs. Which is a total distance, I think, about seven miles. So, just to kind of give you an idea of how this ridge runs, I'd say this ridge runs roughly southeast to northwest, wouldn't you think, Tim? Roughly? Yeah, that seems about right. About right, yeah. If you think of this mountain and center point knob as a T, this would be the vertical part of the T, and center point knob is horizontal. So this kind of runs into center point knob, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if you're standing here, I'm going to be quiet for a moment, you can hear the trains, you can hear the cars from the road, you can hear things from the valley, okay? And that's because the wind is blowing to the mountain right now. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So you can yeah, hear. I don't the, know if the recording's picking up the trains, but we can hear the trains in the back. Yep, and you know you can hear the the road, you know, because I do believe it. Is it a turnpike? Well, you got a uh, Route 11 up there, the Carlisle Pike. So there's a lot of traffic. And you can just kind of hear that. And like I said, the trains run pretty regularly through the valley. There's a train tracks down there. And I've heard them, you know, from up here. And that day I heard, you know, some noises. But like I said, the, the wind was basically coming from that valley and going down into that one. If that's important or not. So the wind was basically coming across the trail. Yes. It was, called, it was going from... The other valley that's on the other side of the ridge, which is, I would say, south, blowing up over the ridge and down into the valley where the yellow breaches flows. And that valley on the south side of the ridge, there ain't nothing down there. That's just woods. That's just like a valley between the mountain where Camp Tuckahoe is and this mountain, which I actually don't know the name of this mountain. I just call it White Rocks <laughs> for obvious reason. Here's my opinion on this, okay? 
I've had a lot of supernatural things happen to me. But there would be more along the lines of what you would call ghosts, mm-hmm. other ethereal beings, whatever you want to call them. And growing up, you know, I did like cryptids. You know, what kid doesn't? My kid loves Bigfoot, you know, or Sasquatch or whatever you want to call them. Do I believe that there's something there? Something is out there. People are seeing something or something is happening. Do I believe it's a flesh and blood animal? Personally, I don't know. That's a a hard leap to make. And here's the hard leap. And here's why I say this. And this is because of, you know, being an experienced woodsman. You know, being a guy who, you know, goes out and can make himself comfortable out here with just hack axe, knife, and saw, okay? For something that large, and this goes back to what I said earlier, and to be as intelligent as it's supposed to be, it would have to take in a lot of food. A lot of calories. A lot of calories. A lot, a lot of calories. Like I said earlier, this game of survival, you know, when you talk about wilderness survival and all that, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, if the crap hits the fan, I'm going to go out and live off the land. It's a lot harder than what you think. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You have to know what you're doing. It's all about caloric intake. Big-brained primates, and that's what it would have to be, according to all descriptions. We need a lot of food. We need, we need to f- fuel the, our brain. We need a lot so, of food. So, looking around right here, at this just this particular spot, okay? And it's just a small spot. Now, I know some foods. All right, I have some knowledge. I mean, you'd have fiddleheads there, where the ferns are, in the spring. And you got you got to think. You're not getting serious calories. No, this. no, you're not. You're not. Yeah. To get serious calories, you got to eat meat. Now, there's a lot of deer here. You know, there's a lot, a crap ton of deer here because they can't be hunted in this area. Right. So there's a lot of deer here. There are turkeys here. But you, you know, like right now, if I was out here right now, the only thing I think that would be even close to being edible right now, just looking, is you know maybe you could get some sugars from the maple trees. Yeah. Now the, the calorie thing is is one of the biggest. See. Where I am with this right now is I I don't think it's much different than a ghost. I mean, it has a, a more physical presence at times, like at least footprints. But in the old days, the way they used to ghost hunt is they put powder on the floor and they wait for footprints to come into in the powder. So how different is it really? You know? Yeah. You know, did you hear something? Yeah. Huh. I'm hoping the audio picked it up. Anyways, what'd you hear? Just a small a small call. But it could have been a bird. Mm-hmm. It was hard to tell. It was real quick when you were when you were talking, and I wasn't trying to ignore you. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. No, I have a, a big problem believing it's a natural creature, especially on the East Coast. When you get out to Seattle, you know, or Washington State, where they have just vast, vast, vast regions of forest, maybe, maybe out there, even there, I'm having trouble believing something that big. It's just going undiscovered. If 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 it was a flesh and blood creature. And this is now. I'm really pushing it now. Let, let, now I'm draw, jumping out of the box here. It would have to be something that moved mm-hmm. up and down the east coast. Well, and for it to be on these. For it yeah. to be on the east coast, it would have to be something that moves with Constantly. the plants but, that are available. Constantly, and the problem with that is, I get reports all year long in New York County. That's the thing that blows my mind. Yeah, like we're, we don't have. You know the difference between wilderness and woods, right? Wilderness yeah, is like untouched. Wilderness is untouched. This we is woods. Have, we don't have wilderness. This has been touched by man. Yeah. Now there are plants here that are edible, 
But during the summer, you know, during the winter, there's not a lot out there other than like maybe fish or something. Now, if there's trees, if there's pine trees, I don't know if you know, but white pine bark, pine trees are edible. The bark is edible. That was a starvation food for the Native Americans. Was it? You can eat the intercambrian layer on a pine tree. If you take um, pine needles and make a tea out of it, it has more vitamin C in it than an orange. Me and my son... I know you could do it with do uh, that all the time. With, we, we we used to make the Indian lemonade out of the the, the uh, staghorn sumac. Okay, you can also make lemon, Indian lemonade out of wood sorrel or sheep sorrel. That was a woodpecker. Yeah, that's a woodpecker. Sure. Did hear a crow further down the mountain, but this just gives you an idea of how the sounds carry up here. Mm-hmm. And you know the air is now still. There's no movement of air anywhere. anywhere. So, do I believe it's a flesh and blood creature? Do I believe in, in cryptids? I believe it's something, if there, it, cryptids are probably, I'm thinking, physical manifestations of something else. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of right there. And I think that's because just, and it's not because, you know, believe me, I'm not a guy that does research on Bigfoot. I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I'm not there. I'm just a common woodsman who's seen a lot as far as like some supernatural things that actually had no nothing to do with the woods. <laughs> you know, they're completely separate from that. And just based on what I know, for a creature that large, it would have to be eating constantly. Yep. All the time. And just the amount of people that are in the forest on the East Coast, the odds of not finding a body, and I don't know, I don't even know what the opinion is on most people that believe that, um, uh, you, get, you get excuses with what you get. Right, that Sasquatches are physical beings. The, the fact that you don't find a body just blows my mind. Oh, they'll say... How often do you find a bear corpse in the woods? That's what they'll say. Honestly, I found a bear corpse in the woods. I found bones in the it's, woods. It's, it's it's rare, but it happens. It happens, and, and you know, it never happens with one of these things. And and you know, honestly, you know, corpses and bones and and stuff are scattered by other animals. That's not an untruth. Okay, now this formation here, which is probably close to the last formation because we're nearing the end of the trail. This is important, and I will tell you why a little bit, okay? So we're looking at a formation that's probably 10 feet, eight feet tall. Yeah, 10. Okay. And this this is, uh, yeah, it's similar to the, much smaller, big boulder. And it's just a giant white rock, you know, quartzite boulder is what it is. Okay, so now we're nearing time-wise that day. We were nearing close to lunchtime. About here, a little further out, where there is no boulders, is where we ran into the other hikers. Okay. So they're heading in the opposite direction. Yes, they are. They are heading back to the uh, parking area, and I know that they weren't parked there because when we parked. We were the only vehicle in the parking area. 
So these, and I even stopped and talked to these guys, and they told me they were parked in the Boiling Springs parking lot. Okay. Because the Appalachian Trail passes through the town of Boiling Springs. And then we come to this, basically it's a hill with no rock formations on it. Hiking's yeah, much easier now. Yes, yes. <laughs> But out here is where we ran into them, where there was no formations. So we're talking close to lunchtime. It was about noonish. Yeah, more like 11ish, I'd say. And, and we had, you know, moved pretty good through those rocks. I mean, we were, me and my friend that day, really, you know, we did a good clip. You know. I mean, I could move pretty easily through them, and he wasn't as burdened as I was, because I had... I didn't have this pack, but I had a smaller pack, a day pack, and I still had my hatchet with me. And I, of course I had my uh, bushcraft knife with me and all that stuff. I didn't have a saw, but I always carry at least something with me, because you just never know. Another hiker coming. I saw the movement. So it just goes to show you you have good linear sight lines, sight lines here because there is no I mean there's some trees and undergrowth but you have good linear sight lines here and like I said early spring it was nowhere near this grown up nowhere near this grown up if we talk about like even down to what you experienced that day yeah now your friend did see something Yes. But a lot of these encounters people had, and the one I was talking about where I had that fear response, I didn't see anything. I heard some stuff, and I smelled something bad. At some point in there, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I got so scared, I was leaning on this stick with all my weight, because my, my knees were like locked up. I wanted That's to run. That's exactly what I felt. I wanted to run. Yep. So bad. I know exactly how you feel. And I, I, couldn't, I, knew. I couldn't. I couldn't run, because I was just like, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I've read enough Bigfoot reports at this point to be like, I'm going to see Bigfoot. Like, that's what's happening here. And I never saw anything. But I'm there, and I'm just, like, kind of, like, trying to steal You're myself. Waiting. Like, like this is what you wanted, buddy. You know, like, kind of, like, be... You asked like, for it, yeah, here I come. Like, man up and, and deal with this. And then I heard what sounded like metal gears clicking. Click, click, click. Not loud. Click, click, click. And then, poof, in an instant, everything was gone. Smell was gone. My fear was gone. That's crazy. I was able to hang out. And that area for a little bit as I was walking out across the trail I came up like I said there was a real thin coating of snow and there were foot shaped prints that came out of the woods and I didn't see toes in them but I'm just they were big they were big. they were big and looked I didn't see them on the way up but I wasn't looking for them either you know I wasn't I might have walked right over them I don't know on the way up right. but they were there but I never saw anything and I was that's the, the most frightened I've ever been when that raccoon came to me I wasn't scared I just I wasn't happy about it. No, I no, knew, you, you had to deal I with it. I had to do what I had well, to the, do. Well, the feeling you just described, that's exactly what I felt when I heard this noise down what, That day? That day. That day we were here. Yeah. I, I was... Now, we're getting ahead of where I wanted to be. That's okay. We'll just go ahead. The point I, w I was getting to, though, is these are all things, when you don't see a creature associated with it, if all that happened in a house, people would say poltergeist. Correct. But because we're outside, everyone says Bigfoot. And a, a good friend of mine pointed that out to me. He said, you know, Tim, if that all, everything you described, if that happened into a house, inside a house, they would just say poltergeist. And that kind of changed the whole way I thought about the whole thing. Because I thought, up until that point, I thought, oh, yeah, 
maybe it was a Bigfoot. And now I'm like, well, maybe it was something completely different, you know? <laughs> I don't have any proof that it was anything, you know? Right. And, and here's the thing. If these things exist, how did they manifest before there were houses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now Speaking of poltergeist. I think this is, yeah. So are we basically uh, same elevation here, or are we we going up? Uh, we're slowly working up. Okay. Slowly. Just up, down, up, down. But I mean, generally though, we're we're, we're heading like up. up the mountain. Yeah. So we we're here on this trail. We're getting towards the end. My buddy's like, you know, we're tired, you know, because we hoofed it pretty good. And he saw saw about how far back was where that other rock that it pointed out to was. Correct? Yeah, that last boulder, yes. kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, if we were still thinking about this as a T, we were kind of where the two lines joined. You know, where the vertical and the horizontal come together. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a crook right there in the mountain. If that makes any sense. Yep. This is now officially the end of White Rock. Now you're on the Appalachian Trail proper, which is up here. So this is the, the old halfway point. Right here. Alright, I'm gonna eat some food here. Drop yes, my sir, pack. Let's do that. It's typically what I do. We got here, I would say, around noon, about 30 to 1. This is when we got here. Would have been here earlier, but because of the uh, debacle with the tree All right we were behind schedule this used to be the halfway mark so people be like woohoo i'm halfway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's one reason why they reroute it some of they reroute the at you know the what's that road down south it's a great smoky mountain yeah that actually runs on parts of the at the old at the original that day felt different than all the other days from the get-go if that makes sense it does there was a strange feeling just from the from the moment we pulled in and it wasn't like a feeling of foreboding or anything it was just like you know it really feels odd out here today so by this point we're sitting here at center point knob and we're having lunch did you guys go much past this or did you no we went up you know where i showed you the mm -hmm. There's a box there because where that box represents is where the Cumberland Valley. Because how the AT works is it's actually a federal park, but it's run by volunteers. So the Cumberland Valley Appalachian Trail Club takes over from there on down through to Blue Mountain. So the AT runs 17 miles across the Cumberland Valley to Blue Mountain. And eventually down over the edge through Duncan across. Harrisburg. Then you get up in the state game land, Peters Mountain, state game lands, and all that. 211, which is another animal all to itself. Man, we got a nice breeze up here now. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. It really is. Yeah, it really is. It's gorgeous up here. I thought you would like it here. Yeah. So, you tell me when you're ready, and then we'll head out. All right. Yeah, so we're, we stopped for a little bite and drink. Yep. At uh, Center Point Knob. Center Point Knob. The old halfway point of the Appalachian Trail. And that's all the further you guys came that day. Well, I mean, you said you went up to the... We the, went up to the, the sign. The sign, but the, basically... What, 20 feet? Yeah. Yeah, this they, is where we came. We came, and we had lunch, and we started back down on White Rocks tra Trail back to the car. 
And the whole time we were here, at this point, we never had any weird feelings, sense of dread, nothing. Kind of, kind of forgot about what happened earlier. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. We completely forgot about it. You know, he, I left, I was leaving him alone because he was getting visibly upset at me. Yeah, and that's the other thing. People don't get upset when you, if they see a bear and you ask them about it, they're not going to get upset. Yeah, about he it, was either. tired of me asking him questions and, you know, bugging me. And now, like I said, as we were working along the ridge, I was looking for stuff. And I never saw or heard anything else. So you guys ate lunch and you're making your way back. Yep, we started down the hill here. So we're technically on the AP and we're heading southbound. And uh, we're heading down the hill to where uh, White Rock's trail starts. Now, what I showed you earlier about the sight line, and we're going to look up when we get down to where the fire ring is. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that you really can't see that hilltop. And that's important. And, you know, between here, it's just scrub and trees, you know, nothing major. The Boiling Springs is 3.2 miles to civilization. Okay. Okay, Center Point Knob is up there, and Boiling Springs is up the, up the hill and down. Okay, so we're starting to get on the vertical part of the T, as I call it. And then, of course, Coon Road is 1.4 miles, which That's is where we, where we came up. Yeah. Okay. We will return to Chad's story in a bit, but I wanted to take this little break and thank our patrons. Thank you very much for everything you do. Without our patrons, we could not do Strange Familiars, so thank you very, very much. If you'd like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, please consider becoming a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. $3 a month gets you an extra episode of Strange Familiars, at least. We guarantee one full extra episode every month. Often we deliver more than that, sometimes two or three extra episodes. But we guarantee at least one full extra episode. There are other levels of support there as well for things like stickers, t-shirts, pins, and more. Go ahead and check it out at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription... We have a paypal.me link in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. You can always make a one-time PayPal donation, and that helps a great deal as well. Another way to help us out is to give us nice five-star reviews wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure you subscribe everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and share the podcast on social media. Now let's get back to Chad's story. At this point in the day, Chad and I had descended into a sort of bowl area that was off of the trail. It's an area where he heard the roars that he will describe later coming from. It's a very interesting and creepy area. We explored some possible tree structures and some odd bends and breaks down there. We definitely plan on returning and spending more time in that area as soon as we can. But if you hear us refer to the bowl 
or the area we were just in, in the next segment of the story, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that area off the trail where we found a, a tree breaks and bends and so forth. We even found a some sort of footprint there, which was maybe a back footprint of a bear. We're not sure. Let's return to White Rock's trail and the rest of Chad's story. guessing it goes down into that area. Yep, might be the other one we saw cut off in that direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. We drop down in this little hole and we got just to this first formation. And I remember this clear freaking day. We were standing here, we're facing this direction. I'm in front, my friend's behind me when we heard that noise. That? That noise. Inhale or whatever. That inhale, that howl. How roar is the best way to describe it. I'm getting the uh, arm, you know, I hair standing on my arms remembering it. Yeah, look at that. And it's a warm day, got goosebumps. Yeah, and we were fate and I heard it. And it was coming. I was facing east on the ridge. It was to my left. And it was down in that angle. So right down where we were. Right down where we were, where that hollow is. Now I've never been down in that area till today. So I did not know what was there till we went followed that game trail. But down in that hollow where the two mountains come together was down there. Stopped us dead, made conversation. I looked at my friend and I saw a look of abject horror and terror. He was terrified. Wow. And it was almost the same look as when he saw whatever animal, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. earlier in the day. He was terrified. I swung around right away, and he's talking, and I'm telling him, "Be quiet." Was I a little? I was I scared? I would say I wasn't scared. I was just kind of like, "What the heck was that?" Right. The woods went silent. I mean, it was dead silent. And um, I'm listening, and I'm listening, and I'm listening. And my friends like talking. And I'm finally, you know, I finally told him, "Shut up." And I'm looking back at the ridge, and I'm trying to see, you know, listen quietly you know being as quiet as I can and I just had this feeling of you know I wouldn't say fear but it's like what the heck was that you know Mm -hmm. and the whole how would you say this the whole climate had changed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this was like you know it was almost one o'clock it was 12 30 so the middle of the day middle of the day (laughs) you know and it was like this today sunny you know the clouds had gone the sun was out and I never heard anything, and like I said, I have experience with different animals in Pennsylvania. I've heard all kinds of animals. Never heard that. It wasn't down in the valley. It was off to a slight angle. If I'm facing center point now, it just turned around now. Right. So it was on my right at an angle off the ridge down in the corner. The corner, like I say, if you think of these two mountains as a hill, it was the very corner. Where they meet. Where they meet. Yeah. And we're standing here, and he's like... 
we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And I'm like, no, I need to go find out what this is. Because I, I don't just bolt. You know, I'm like, I got to find out what this is. You know, I had a feeling in my brain. I need to go figure out what this is. You know, what was that? Let's go find out. And I still had a little bit of feeling of, you know, like, hey, let's just be real cautious. You know, so I started back. My friend was gets in and I said, look, stay here. I gave him my hatchet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, I'm going forward. And he's like, no, no, you can't do it. I said, no, I'll be fine. You know, it's okay. Because I'm not scared. I'm not scared of the woods. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more comfortable in the woods than I am a city. I hate cities. I agree. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm scared of cities. I call that the, the Blair Witch effect. Yes. I, I, have, I had a friend who's like, thought the Blair Witch was the scariest movie you ever saw because they were lost in the woods. It's like, they were right by a creek. All they had to do in Maryland, all they had to do is keep the creek on the left. And you'll find and, and walk. house. Yeah. So knowing that I know the area, I was like, I'm not afraid. So I started back. Okay. And I got, I would say, let me count here. Ten footballs, and I can still see the you know the sight lines are pretty good here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, looking across the ridge, across the ridge and down. I'm scanning both sides. My friends probably back where we were, ten footballs, just standing there. When I heard it again, and this time, it was louder. And it had changed position. This time it came directly from the center point knob. Oh, so it came up? It came up. From where it was? It came up the hill. I now, was now right. do you think it was at the knob or do you think it just came it from that direction? It might have been at the knob. It might have been where the fire where the ring fire, was. Yeah. Okay? Because you know how the hill runs. Right. It was very close. And you can hear people's voices as Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been, I've been listening and hearing, hearing people talk. And, and whatever it was... It was so loud, it was louder than any natural noise I've ever heard before. Lion roars, it was loud. It shook the woods, and you know, the wind was blowing down the mountain, so it wasn't anything from the valley. And it was so loud, so jarring, it, like literally it was as if you'd been blowed, like if somebody hit you. Mm-hmm. It kind of stunned me for a second. And I was like, what? Uh, you know, and after the how, after I got it done, I had a feeling of I need to leave. Whatever made that noise. So curiosity was gone. Curiosity was gone. <laughs> At this point. And it wasn't even curiosity. It wasn't like a feeling that I had. I actually had like a wave of malevolence. That's the best way to describe it. Wow. Coming from that direction, down this ridge towards me, saying, you need to go now. I don't want you here. You need to leave now. And that's the exact feeling I had. It was literally as if I was, you know, right after that sound, you know, I had a second where I was stunned. And then, you know, part of me was like, what is that? And then before I even got into that curiosity mode again, because I actually took one more step forward, I felt a wave of, you need to leave. Something doesn't want you here. You, you are not welcome here at this moment. And I looked at my friend and I said, we need to go now. And then he was kind of like, what it, what, what, he's like, he was, he was stunned. He's like, what was that? His eyes were like golf balls. And I said, we need to go now. He's like, well, don't you, and I said, I don't care right now. Let's just go. We need to leave. We, we don't belong here. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I felt. We don't belong here. Wow. You weren't wanted here. Huh. 
and it, it was malevolent. It was absolutely malevolent. So, we started back up the trail, and I said we need to go fast, but carefully, because you know you just traversed that trail. You ain't running down there. No, that's what I was going to ask. I was, uh, that's you got to watch your feet. Yes, and I said let's go quickly. Watch your step. Keep your brain on, and just keep moving. Don't stop. Whole time I, you know, I have I had my my hatchet out, and I'm just like moving and looking over my shoulder. Because I fully expected something to come from that direction. What it was, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Right. Well, you didn't see it. You know, no rocks were thrown. No, you know. No bad smell. No bad smell. And if there was a smell, I couldn't smell it anyways because the wind was blowing away from me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wind was going down the mountain. So it was coming up over the ridge and down. Yeah, across the trail. Yeah. Almost in the way it's going now. So you need to change direction now. Or it's the way it's been going all day long. See, it's coming out of of that other valley and down in the other valley. Mm -hmm. So if there was something down there that had a smell or whatever you want to call it, I wouldn't have smelled it. I just heard that horrendous noise. And that that is not, that's not an exaggeration. It was horrendous. Loud, shook the woods, you know, and it was close. Wow. And it had changed position quickly. Whatever time it took for us to kind of argue, and then I took 10 steps, it changed. Now, did I hear something moving through the woods down there or up on there? No, but I don't think I would have. Because you were talking. Because we were talking. And then after he, I silenced him, I moved forward. And whatever made that noise didn't make the noise until I made forward. And I think if there was something and it saw me, it was just out of my eyesight in the line of sight and saw me. Right. I don't think it was a person fooling around because it was, the first one I heard was loud too. It was deafening, you know, not deafening, but it was definitely loud. It was louder than what a person could holler. It wasn't a howl in the classic sense. It, Mm -hmm. It was howl, it was deep, low. And like I said, if you look, think of it as a picture, you had that coarse sound that was really loud, and at the end it was haggard, ragged. Like somebody was really, somebody or something was just trying to get it out as loud as it could. Mm-hmm. And I know it wasn't a person, because no person could make this sound. And it was so loud, it reverbed off the trees, reverbed down in the valley, and it stunned me for a second. You know, and I'm not a guy that's like afraid of stuff, you know? <laughs> You know, it, but it, it affected me. Whatever it was, it affected me to this day. Wow. And and, and I've come up to this trail several times. Yeah, but well, that's not, the other thing. Like, you've been here since, several I, times. Yeah, right? I'm not afraid to come here. Alone. Alone. Yeah. I was here in March, alone, in the snow, and there was nobody. And I saw no tracks other than animals. But I'm not afraid of this area. I know this area. You know, this is one of my stomping grounds and my haunts, as, you know, I call it. But I knew I had to leave then. How soon after this experience did you come back here again? Probably within a month. Really? Yeah. Honestly. Honestly, I did. Now, my friend never came back again. <laughs> and we'll, we'll go into that in detail later. But, yeah, he, he, was, he, he was done. You know, he looked at me and, you know, after we heard the second noise, which was closer, mm-hmm. louder, shattered you know almost like shattered the world is the best way you could describe it. i mean it was just i don't know if you've ever been near and this is the best way i can even even come close to describing it it used to be in spring grove the paper mill you'd have that steam whistle go off to change shift starts up loud i mean loud and mm-hmm. then it ebbs off yeah it was like that it was if it was as if you were standing beside that steam whistle wow and it went off it was that loud wow that intense 
I mean, I didn't have to cover my ears because it was a it wasn't a high pitched noise. It was mm-hmm. very deep, very loud, and I know d- deeper noises carry further mm-hmm. than what high pitched noises were. Feeling was, you need to leave now, and it wasn't something in my brain. It literally was like something like a like a feeling emanating from that se- that section of the ridge. Then wow, after that, it was like it was almost like a wave of malevolence right so it's like not like you heard those words in your head but you got that feeling i got that feeling and then in in my head i'm like thinking right away you need to leave now Mm -hmm. and that was the exact word now not not later now and you know so we shot back down the trail we didn't run because you know you can't here you can't you know it wasn't like fear it was more like go because you're not wanted here Hmm. you know something hates you that's the best way to describe it is if you ever been driven out by a person they're like, get out of here, <laughs> and then you're and you feel that hate. That's what I felt. It's like I need to leave because if I don't, something bad is going to happen. And that was the best way to describe. It wasn't fear. It was more like you need to leave because you something bad is going to happen. So, anyhow, let's continue on down the trail here. So we're at this this, this boulder. Is, yeah, this, yeah. This eight ten foot tall white rock formation. It's another boulder, typical of what's here. So, and here's why it has significance. So me and my friend were working quickly along the ridge, safely and quickly is the best way to describe <laughs> it. And we were coming here, and we got uh, we were at this boulder, and we heard a noise above us. And here were the two gentlemen that we had passed earlier. The guys who came off the AT. Yes, and they were up here at the top of the rock, and they were sitting there having lunch. And they were like, hey, what's wrong? And my friend didn't answer him. He was ready to get out of here. <laughs> he actually kept going. And I stopped and I said to him, did you guys hear that noise? And one guy laughed and he joked. He goes, "He goes, yeah, I heard that. He said, I heard it twice. I heard it both times. He goes, I joked to my friend here that, uh, you know, that was you, you know, making a Sasquatch noise or something. You, you know, we said, yeah, we, we heard Bigfoot. And I looked at them and I said, I did not make that noise. And they could tell by the look on my face that I was dead serious. And I said, I don't know what it was, but I'm not staying around to find out. I said, I need to, we need to go. And these guys looked at me and they said, looked at each other. And the one guy said, do you think we should leave too? And the one guy goes, yeah, we need to leave. So my demeanor completely changed their joking demeanor. Right. So that's how like, serious I was and they were like yeah we need to go and they said and I said to them real quickly I said where are you guys parked they said Boiling Springs I said well that's back in that area yeah so they would have had to walk back to the direction of the scream yes or whatever whatever you want to call that sound roar scream howl howl roar whatever but uh the one guy said I'm not going back that way and I said look you guys where are you guys parked they said Boiling Springs I said, come with us. I'll take you back to Bowling Springs. It's not that far away, you know, on the road. I'll drive you down. They said, all right, all right, great. He's like, we got to get off this rock. And like I said, the rock's probably eight feet, close to 10 feet tall. They're like, we got to get down. And I said, well, I'm going to head down a while. And my friend, my friend at this point had just kept going, was out of eyesight. <laughs> but I could still hear him working along the, bowl, the rocks. And I said, I'll, I'll meet you down there. You know, I got to catch up with him. He's pretty shook up. And they said, okay. We're coming. You know, go ahead. We're coming. He goes, and I said, and I said, and one guy's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to go back that way. 
He goes, he's serious. He's not joking. You know, so they got down the rock. And uh, we continued along the ridge. And we got to back down, you know, went down the ridge. Just retrace your steps. Retrace our steps, you know, because this is an out and back trail. It's a mile and a half out one way and then a mile and a half back. So it's about three miles total. And uh, we got back down in the car. We waited. These guys must have really got off this rock really quick because they were only less than five minutes behind us. And uh, we left. (laughs) We left. Now, when you were coming back across the ridge, before or after you saw the other hikers, did you hear anything behind you? Didn't hear any like footsteps or no any footsteps, nothing, nothing. No nothing. You know we, I and I was continuously looking back. I would stop and listen once in a while, tell mm-hmm. my friend to keep going, because I wanted to keep him in eyesight. Right. Because you know I brought him out here. I was responsible for him. I had to pack. He was unencumbered, so he could move a lot faster than me. Mm-hmm. You know I had the my uh, hatch out the whole time. You know maybe I was overreacting. Well, you know now. You don't know. And, and I didn't know what it was. And was I going to go back and try and find that out? What this thing was that day? No. Because, like I said, I had the feeling that I didn't belong there at that particular spot at that particular time. Right. That was the feeling I got. from. It wasn't a feeling that I had. That was the external feeling that I got from whatever was there. And when I heard the second noise, howl, roar, whatever, from that area. I didn't see anything, and I didn't hear anything after that, and when it had moved, I didn't hear anything as it was moving, mm-hmm. and as we discussed before, from where we had heard it the first time, which just sprung my curiosity and, you know, didn't, you know, make me, alert me in any way, it, it could have moved without making any noise because mm-hmm. of the way, you know, we were down in that area and it just shows, you know, we were far enough you couldn't hear anything and it, it and if something is moving stealthily, you wouldn't have heard it. But so, it moved pretty quick up that hill. Yeah, so, so you took 10 steps, basically. Well, you had a little conversation, you said. And yes. And you took 10 steps. Yeah, so it had to come up that that hill, which is, I mean, it's not super steep, but it, it winded me coming up there. Now, would you say it was the proximity of the second roar? Was it the proximity that made you decide to turn around and go, or was it that actual like that that feeling in the in the air or whatever? How it was the feeling, because I like I said I'm not I'm not scared out here, mm-hmm. and you know I've tried to see like bears. I'm not scared of bears. You know, I've surprised bears at a distance, heard them running, and you know, and hurried up the trail to see what's ahead. You know, I'm not scared of strange noises. Right. I'm not, and. No, not saying like I'm this brave, crazy guy or anything. No, stuff like that doesn't scare me. We've retraced our steps, which were the the same steps you made that day. Yes. And uh, at this point, we're we're back to the the stump that was hit by lightning. Yeah, the burned stump, the tree. I started this whole day of weirdness. Yeah. (laughs) You were talking a little bit about your friend. We're we're run out of battery and and out of uh, space on the recorder, so we couldn't leave the recorder running. Yeah. And. so he wasn't too happy about the whole experience. No, no, he uh, he never came out with me again. <laughs> he said, he said, I don't know what you're doing out there. He says, but I, that's not for me. And I said, dude, we just h- hiked. He said, yeah, but you know, I've never experienced anything. And this is a guy, you know, has been hunting mm-hmm. and stuff. 
he said, no, that's, I'm never going up there again. He said, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, Chad. He goes, I'm, I'm just, that's not what I want to do. And he said, he's like, I just really don't want to hike anymore. But I could tell that he was, yeah. So the, well, that might do it. Yeah, that will do it. And then, (laughs) you know, after we had encountered those other gentlemen, you know, we came down the mountain quickly, you know, quickly and safely was the best way to say it. And the other guy, two guys were only probably about five minutes behind us. You know, they must have really got off that boulder really fast. And to end the story, we, you know, we got back to the car. We were relieved. You know, automatically we saw the car. We're like, yay. And we loaded up in the car. And I took those two guys back to their car. And, you know, they thanked me, which was back in Boiling Springs because they weren't hiking back through that way. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, man, thanks, and all this stuff. So when you came out, you and your friend, and then the other two guys followed you out here. Yeah. Did they talk about it at all? Did you talk about it at all in the car, either with your friend or them, on the drive? Well, my friend, we did a little bit. And the two guys that we were giving the lift to back to their car were like, they had said they had never heard anything like that before, and, and they thought... I was messing around mm-hmm. and the one guy and I said to the one guy who who was the dude that refused to go back that way mm-hmm. I said to him I said well why did you believe me that it wasn't me and he said well it was a look on your face and your tone he goes I said do I look scared he's like he's like well your buddy looked terrified he goes you looked like you were concerned for us one reason I asked them if they heard that is I wanted to validate right validation right that that it wasn't just something in my mind right and those two guys had heard it also so that validated it that it did exist that it wasn't just something that I heard you know Mm -hmm. or misconstrued right and the fact that you saw the distance we traveled the fact that they heard it that far away from where we heard it the second time they heard both times but they said the second time was much louder and the fact that they heard it from that far away just goes to show you the intensity yeah of what we heard yeah and they they heard it both times they said the fact that you seemed more concerned for us that made us realize that you weren't messing around and that that was something that we shouldn't mess with either he goes and at first we were joking i hear there's bigfoot they said after they saw my buddy come through and we said and I said did you hear that they were they said it, they realized it was time to go also yeah i said did you guys feel afraid they said no we were just uh they, we weren't so much afraid we were just like okay i think it's a good idea also that we leave mm-hmm. and you know and my and the other guy was like yeah i wasn't going back that way just from what i heard and just the fact the look on your face and he goes and you were pretty well prepared for whatever was going to be out there <laughs> so so, yes, we did discuss it a little bit. And, of course, my friend was like, uh, I'm never going there again. Yeah. And then I when I suggested, when I went back about a month to three weeks later, somewhere in there, I asked if he wanted to come along. He said, no way. No way. He's like, I'm never going back to that mountain. <laughs> that, that's, that's sometimes, that's the way people, they're done. And sometimes they're done with the woods in general. He was done. Mm-hmm. Now, did he hunt before, hunt? Maybe, but... It was always where he hunted was always within sight of the road, you know, right. because he would park his car and win a little bit with a tree stand right. and areas that he knew. But he would never go and search for another area with me ever again. I went home, dropped him off, I went home. 
So I started listening. You know, I, I'm still curious, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm one, like I told you before, I'm one of these people that want to know what I experienced. You know, and I always try and take things in a logical way. So the first thing I started doing was listening to recordings on YouTube of every animal I could think of. And I'm talking every animal that's native to Pennsylvania and North America. You know, elk screams, you know, wolf howls, coyote howls, fox screams, cougar screams, you know, because you you got that whole thing, you know, scream, you know, there might be cougars in PA, I don't know. (laughs) But that's another story. I do. Yeah. (laughs) It's all in Maryland. I know if they're in Maryland. I, I believe it. I believe they're here. But... You know, catamount or cougar screams, you know, and nothing, nothing sounded like this creature or whatever it was. Creature, I don't even know what it is to this day. Creature, whatever, whatever you want to call it, this thing. And I was curious and I was like, okay, you know, skeptical. Let's just listen to Bigfoot or Sasquatch noises. And I was listening through them. And I'd say after about the fifth one, and I'm going to have to send you the link to it, you know, to find it if it's still there. You know, this was five years ago. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And the hair stood up on the back, on my arms again. Uh, and I just was like, wow, that's what I heard. Mm. So one in the sounds that somebody had recorded, I, I and like I said, I don't remember where. I'll have to find it again. Sure. Was exactly what I heard. You know, almost to the T. I mean, it was different slightly, mm-hmm. but, you know, had the same kind of, you know, obviously it wasn't as intense, mm-hmm. but, you know, the same duration of sound and same intense, you know, sound, you know, that deep howl growl, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I did a little more research and like, I am, you know, I'm not a guy that I would consider a believer. You know, I've experienced some supernatural things, you know, you could call it paranormal supernatural whatever you want to call it but they were always of the you know ghost Mm -hmm. or spirit type variety nothing like this and like i said before i know the woods i know i know this area i know what's here or thought i knew what was here (laughs) and uh it was beyond the kin of what i knew so Mm -hmm. so i'm not somebody who goes out looking things like this right sure so i anyways i did a little more research and you know i've never heard of you know bigfoot in pennsylvania or anything or even thought about it so i just did a research you know google bigfoot in cumberland county and i came across this website and these guys had bigfoot encounters listed by county so i clicked on yeah it's the old uh, pennsylvania bigfoot society they're now keystone bigfoot correct yeah correct so which i haven't been there since other than earlier this week because I was just double checking Mm because I told you about this before so I went on air in Cumberland County and I would say probably one of those back in 2012 there were a group of teens camping in the Boiling Springs area which is about where we are and I'm assuming they were near the AT or here Mm -hmm. not too many other places to camp no there isn't and especially in Cumberland Valley you have to camp down by the railroad tracks that's required so I'm assuming they were up here and they heard a noise beside their campsite, which alerted them. Then they heard another noise on the mountain above them answering. And this happened, I'd have to look at it again, but it was in 2012. And it might have been in April or August, I think, which is pretty close to the time when I had my encounter you know, two years later. Yeah. So that just blew my mind. 
So never saw anything or never uh, heard anything else like that. No, ever, I, and anywhere? I've come up here numerous times. I come here all the time. I came up probably I'd say a month later, if not three weeks later. And I was specifically looking for something, and I wandered the area like I always do and never found anything. And I never had that same feeling up here again. I mean, we came up here today, you know, and I'm totally comfortable up here. Yeah, oh, it's it, yeah, it, it's nothing. Nothing bad. Yeah. And, you know, it just blew my mind, you know, and I haven't had that feeling in the woods again of total malevolence of, you know, you need to leave now. Wow. That's what blew my mind. You know, that's what really to this day affects me. You know, when I talk about this stuff and I, I get a little weirded out, I guess you could say, or I think about it, my hair stands on end because I've never felt that feeling before and haven't since then. Yeah. And malevolence is the best way to describe it. Wow, that's, you know, that's, that's it, intense. It was, it was, you need to leave now. It wasn't, you know. Well, I, I like your description too because you're like, at first you're interested and you walk towards it and then you're like, nope. After the second one, you're like, mm-mm. No, nope, no longer interested. <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't like, you know, I was scared the second time. It was like, and it wasn't like it was in my brain I had this feeling. It was literally, I felt that feeling coming from that. Wow. It, it was like a like a wave, you know, almost like a wind. It wasn't really a physical wind, but it right. was like a, a an emotion of like, you know, as if somebody is chasing you and you, you, you see them and they're like, you need to, you know, and they're yelling at you. Nobody yelled other than that noise. And it was just like, it was like I had this feeling of something telling me. You need to go. I don't want you here. You need to leave now. And then the feeling was, if I didn't leave, something bad was going to happen. What? I don't know. Wow. What? And then when I left, which was quickly, it wasn't like fear. It was like, I need to leave because something bad is going to happen. And like I said, I had that word, now. That's what was in my voice, or in my brain. Mm-hmm. Now. You need to leave. Now. Wow. Don't want you here. You don't belong here at <laughs> this point. And... So I mean to reiterate, yeah. This is this is someone who's comfortable in the woods. This is something someone who still hikes regularly, camp regularly by yourself, weather, solo hike into some really hairy, dangerous spots. Yeah. So that's that's pretty wild. Well, Chad, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, thank you for uh, coming in, you know, experiencing and checking this place out. Oh yeah, anytime. Much appreciated. So at some point in our conversation, Chad stopped talking, and I asked him if he had heard something. I'll play that clip here. That was earlier in the conversation. Into powder. So how different is it, really? You know? Yeah. You know, did you hear something? Yeah. Huh. I'm hoping the audio picked it up. I don't know if you caught that sound, so I'll play it again. Listen directly after Chad says, yeah, the first time. Into powder. So how different is it, really? You know? Yeah. You know, did you hear something? Yeah. I'm hoping the audio picked it up. So later, Chad said what he had been hearing was something like a low guttural grunt while I was talking. I played him this clip, and he said he thinks I might have just caught the end of whatever he was hearing. So I'll play the isolated sound three times with the level boosted a little bit. Now what I found really interesting was comparing this sound to another sound I recorded at Pond Bank during the Michaud Roar episode. This sound was in the background of the recording while Jeff and I were talking at Pond Bank. 
And this small clip is the only section of the interview I could catch a piece of what I called the pond bank groan when we weren't talking. So I'll play that three times here. Now I'll play them together. First the white rock sound, then the pond bank groan three times. So they are not exactly the same thing, but they are somewhat similar. Similar enough to be interesting to me, anyway. And what's also interesting to me is the context of both conversations. So at Pond Bank, Jeff and I were discussing the white lady spirit and the connection between Bigfoot and these women and white entities. While on the White Rocks Trail on Sunday, Chad and I were discussing how Bigfoot in many ways is very much like a ghost. Just a reminder, if you want to contact us with your story, email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to take us to a place you're sighting, like Chad did, I absolutely love doing these on-site episodes. If I can get there, I will absolutely go with you to the location of your experience. You can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. Hope to see some of you at the Metaphysical and Paranormal Expo in Gettysburg this weekend. And we will return next week with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. And we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group on Facebook. Sky.
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.